This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. Be back with you next two nights, three out of the next four. So uh, plenty of stuff to get to this week. Hopefully we'll start getting some NBA nuggets this week. Um, with the uh, transaction window about to start. Jolly was hard on me saying the offseason because the offseason's technically started. But the transaction window. It'll be interesting to see what the Sixers have planned. What Daryl Morey has up his sleeve here. You know, I was starting to kind of get like that depression where I look at the NFL schedule and I'm like, it's week nine. And then I'm like, yeah. oh man, there's no hockey or basketball on right now. To save us, so this is uh, that's a big thing, I think. I, but the, I'll, I'll tell you what, though, one of the most underrated things of the year is the NBA offseason because you know it just it's crazy. Oh, it's not so, like the the fir- the first few hours, and that's really all it is. The, but the first few hours of NBA free agency is the best. It's the best yeah. transaction window in see sports. Wodge thrive, yeah. Do you call him Wodge? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I like, what? only ever see it spelled out. So okay, I'm like, <laughs> you you must be tired too, Kyle. It's okay. It's been a, a tired, it's been dude. a long week. Yeah, man. I got I got, I got a it's few been a long hours year to go. Long week, long year. It has been a long year. It's been a really long year. Um, but there are only a couple months left, I I guess here. But um, I'm excited for that. Uh, the NBA uh, free agency period. I think Daryl Morey has something up his sleeve. I. I'll make this prediction. I don't think Ben Simmons or Joe Embiid are traded. I think Al Horford or Tobias Harris are. And not that that's going to be easy to do, but I th- I believe that Maury will find a way to get out of one of those contracts. More likely Al Horford. I think uh, Thomas, oh, he's a, he's got a man crush on Simmons. Right. <laughs> was that when I was hosting with Howard one night? That was from this morning. Do- oh, okay. Yeah, someone he, called in and mentioned you about. He's such a. He is such a dope. <laughs> he really is such a dope with Ben Simmons. He he just he hates him so much. Did you hear the way he asked Maury that question? Yeah. Can't make a fifteen foot jumper. Yep. Just <laughs> Howard. I mean, keep my keep my name out. Oh, uh, Thomas! Oh, he's a, he's got a man crush on. Sims. Right, that's right. I do. Thank you for for cutting that, Kyle. <laughs> we'll have to save that. Um, but oh, Howard just he has something against Ben Simmons. Where you know uh, we get it. That's why he doesn't have a J. That's why you call him Benjamin. Um, but I I, I without I love I do love Howard. 
I won't Howard lie is that. a necessary evil. Yeah, th- that's on the that's on the clever end for Howard. Yeah, Howard's great. <laughs> but um, it, I I still believe in Ben Simmons. I, I do too, a hundred percent. So we'll we'll see what happens, but it's going to be exciting. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. I'll give you my assessment assessment rather of the Eagles' offensive coaching staff in a couple minutes. First, let's go to Stephen Tampa. What's up, Steve? Good morning. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Well, we're waiting for a tropical storm down here, so. Oh, really? Another one? I feel like that's, yeah. well, I feel we like every week I talk this. to you, Steve, you're saying you're We haven't expecting. had any this year, really. Really? I, I feel like there's always some sort of weather crisis you're, you're waiting for. Well, the, oh, most of them went over to a New Orleans area, Louisiana. Okay. Um, got a hell of a football game this afternoon I'm going to. And uh, hopefully the rain will hold off. Well, it's this, it's this evening, right? Isn't it night uh, game? It's 8, uh, 8, 8.30 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited for that one, Steve. I'll, I'll say this. I was wrong about about this Buccaneer team. I, I did not think uh, this experiment was going to work, and it's working out pretty well. Well, I think tonight's game, I mean, uh, Breeze is healthy now. Uh, and uh, let's see how good the quarterbacks are tonight. Yeah, I should mean, be a, should be a good game. Yeah, I'll say this, Steve. Uh, you know, Tampa didn't look great Monday night. I think that was kind of predictable. But um, yeah, and Antonio Brown making his debut, and yep. um, Gronk is Gronk's really starting to come on. He's starting to look like himself again. And if if they can well, get I- him back to that level with. Godwin and Evans, man, that that's that offense is going to be difficult and, for anybody. And to the stop. defense isn't too shabby either. Oh, defense so. is tremendous. They didn't play well Monday night either, but they're pretty no, they didn't, no, they didn't. Couldn't hold that on. Uh, but I think everybody will be up for this game tonight. Yeah. Um, as far as Wentz is concerned, my my opinion is this, and if I'm wrong, please let me know. The coach tells him what to do. He yeses him to death and says, "Well, I'm," and he says to himself, "Hey." I'm going to do what I want to do. A uh, quarterback's coach tells him what to do, and he yeses him just, I'm going to do what I want to do. Two interceptions, two fumbles, and that's just the last game. If I was a coach, I'd let him play. I, I'd let him go as he wants to do. And if he keeps screwing up like this and keeps hurting the team, you know what? I'd sit him down and say, hey, sit down. Yeah, Steve, I... I just don't know, you know, it it's hard to know how much culpability you can put on the coaching staff because I like you said, I got to figure they're telling him every week stop turning the ball over. Like I'm they sure they are. Right, they have to be trying to drill this into his head and you're right. If he continues to do this, I mean, at what point do we kind of look at Carson and and say he's a little bit of a selfish player? I I mean, well, I, I think there I, might be an element of that to it. I don't know if I'd use that word, really. I mean, he uh, seems to want these big plays, and and sometimes, like, you know, you see Brady, and it's like it, some games Brady will just take the five-yard dink and dunk all game. It, it seems to me at times Carson's just not willing to do that. Well, I, I you know, I, I'm only I'm only seeing what, what I'm what I'm seeing, uh, and evidently, uh, I'm sure, like you said. I'm sure the coach is telling them, hey, don't do that, don't do that. If you get in trouble, throw the ball away and, you know, don't don't try and do something that, that's going to hurt the team. Um, and um, 
they said on the broadcast, well, he's over trying or trying too hard. No, I don't think he's trying too hard. I think, I don't know if I'd use the word selfish, but he he's doing stuff for himself rather than helping the team. And I don't know if he's intended to do that, but if he keeps doing it and keeps throwing interceptions and keeps fumbling the ball when he's not supposed to run or shouldn't run and just throw the ball away, then I would say, hey, sit down. Sit down and watch the game until you want to do what we want you to do. Yeah, Steve, I I, I get it. I, I got to say, I, I, with as far as benching him, though, I wouldn't do that yet. I, I, I wouldn't. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm not sure if that is Doug's decision. I'm really not. That that's that's a decision that I is almost that think. Just, I, I think Louis' decision. I think it's probably. I would say it's probably Howie's decision. Honestly, a decision of that you, magnitude. You think, I think it's probably Howie's move. You don't think Lurie would tell Peterson, "Hey, if he keeps doing it, sit him down." I mean, he's paying him. Right, but. You also have the factor of, okay, if you really decide that Carson Wentz isn't your guy, the minute you bench him, you are diminishing his value, and I don't think the Eagles want to do that. Well, maybe you're right there, but you just can't let him keep on going on the way he's been going. Uh, but I don't know. Is he still I – mean, you know something? Maybe he's still hurting from injuries. I, I, I think we got to get past using those excuses for him. Steve. You think so? Uh, yeah. I think we've used those excuses for him for way too long. Uh, one more thing, I can ask you a question, Brand. Since the Sixers hired this guy who's going to uh, be president or whatever the title is, and they extended Brand's contract, what is his job now? He is. I mean, he's still the general manager by t- oh, title. Yeah, Maury is the president of basketball operations. Elton Brand's the GM, so he retains the same title. Uh, just I guess working one step beneath him. So. Does he still have the ability to make trades or not? Um, I mean, everything's going to be Maury's final decision. And I don't even know. Um, I would say Elton Brand probably has a similar type of input, probably more of like a Doc Rivers type input than a Daryl Morey type input. I think Morey's really? running the show, yeah. Okay. Were you surprised they extended his contract? Um, Not really. I think it was more Elton Brand's decision more than anything, but... I'm glad Elton Brand made the decision he did. I, I think he is a valuable voice, and I think it's a smart move for Elton Brand, honestly, because now he can you know work under Maury, learn from him, and move on elsewhere at some point. So okay, hey, thanks right? a lot. Bye. No problem, Steve. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um. So, I, yeah, I I was interested in that. I think it's a really smart move for Elton Brand. I do. I think it's a smart career move. Um, where you'd think, okay, well, he was supposed to get you know, a, a real leadership role. I mean, Daryl Morey came available. Now, we don't know if Elton Brand, Elton Brand floated this idea to Josh Harris. I don't believe that. I believe Josh Harris kind of said, hey, we're hiring Daryl Morey. You can stay and be a part of this thing or we'll let you go if you want. I think it's a smart move for Elton Brand, though. Learn from Daryl Morey and um, move forward that way. So I'm interested to see how the front office works. I mean, there are a lot of, you know, highly regarded guys in there now. Whether it's Maury, Elton Brand has a good reputation. From all everything you hear, a lot of these moves weren't really him at the center of them. Whether it be the Harris or Horford contract, certainly he was a part of it. But um, 
I, I, I think that Elton Brand still has something he can offer, and then Doc Rivers, I'm sure, will have an input as well as as well as some of the other guys they hired this offseason. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. But um, back to what Steve was saying, as you know, talking about Doug and the coaching staff, and I do wonder who, how much culpability we should give this coaching staff in regards to Carson Wentz and the offensive struggles. And, you know, as we grade Doug tonight, I'd probably give him about a C-plus so far. Um, I guess maybe that's a little high, but I just refuse to blame Doug for Carson Wentz's mistakes. You know, I think there are things Doug could do better, and Doug could put Carson Wentz in a better situation, but... I don't think he's put him in awful situations this year. I think there have been positions where guys have been open. Carson Wentz isn't finding him, or Carson Wentz is holding the ball too long, and stuff like that. And I don't believe that the Eagles aren't instructing Carson Wentz to do otherwise. Like, I would find it nearly impossible to comprehend that the Eagles aren't drilling it into his head every week. You got to get the ball out. You got to stop holding it you got to stop committing turnovers. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Of course the Eagles are telling him to do that. And then it becomes with the voices. Uh, is Carson Wentz, you know, getting the right kind of, of of voices at this point on this coaching staff? And I think a guy who we really need to start scrutinizing a lot more is Press Taylor. Because he's been the quarterback's coach here for three years. And in the three years that he has been in Philadelphia, the play of Carson Wentz has declined. You know, and um, obviously, under Frank Reich, under John Filippo, Carson Wentz flourished. Now, Doug's a part of that. Mike Rowe is here. But Press Taylor is the guy working specifically with Carson Wentz all the time. Doug, obviously Carson's a focal point, but Doug also needs to worry about the rest of the offense. He needs to worry about play calling, game plan, that kind of stuff. Press Taylor is truly the one in that position to deal with Carson Wentz and to get the most out of Carson Wentz. And as Press Taylor has gained more influence... Carson Wentz has gotten worse. Don't forget that last year when the Eagles made the changes on their offensive coaching staff, Press Taylor was promoted to passing game coordinator. He is the closest thing to an offensive coordinator that the Eagles have. The offense has not looked very good this year. The passing game has not looked very good this year. And... I don't know how you can look at that and not, you know, have that view that as some sort of an indictment on Press Taylor. You look at, and I talked about it a few weeks ago with the positional coaches on the Eagles and why we need to start looking at that closer. And I, my example at the time was Nelson Aguilar, where Nelson Aguilar in 2017. Under Micro, Micro might not have been a great offensive coordinator. He was a good wide receiver coach. 
He got the most out of Nelson Aguilar in 2017. Eagles bring in a new receiver coach in 18, a new coach in 19. Nelson Aguilar falls way off. Goes to, goes to Las Vegas and has been up and down, but it has had some big games. You look at this year. The Eagles finally seem to upgrade their wide receivers coach. Bring in Aaron Moorhead, who look at what he has done with a Travis Fulgham. You know, with a, a John Hightower. And Hightower's had his had his issues, but he's also made some big plays as a rookie, something we haven't seen from Eagles rookie receivers. You look at Rager. He hasn't played a ton because of the injury, but when he's been on the field, I've been impressed. Position coaches matter in this league. And, you know, if I was looking at Carson's play right now and the instruction that he's getting, I'd be much more concerned about Press Taylor than I would be Doug Peterson. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Greg. What's up, Greg? Yo, Greg. Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, gotcha. I guess the more that I listen to what y'all are saying, it makes me wonder: Is Doug Peterson the coach? Because you're 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 addressing a lot of things that it seems like he doesn't really have much say on what's going on, and I'm kind of shocked by that because, again. Chris Taylor as the quarterback coach because, to me, since Frank Reich has left, Carson Wentz has declined. And and with that being said, why would you give him a contract right now when he, I know we, we all want him to be that, but he's not, he's not progressing to be that for you to go ahead and give him a contract to lock him in to such a long-term deal when he's not showing progression. He's showing more regression. And, again, he got hot at the end. But, again, why not wait wait until he plays his contract out before you give him all this money? Because now, with the way he's playing, it just seems to show that, again, well, he's not he's not at that level yet. Well, I get what you're saying now, Greg. And, I, I you know, I, I think it's uh, – it's a it's a worthwhile point to make. That being said, I was on board with the Eagles giving that contract at the time because if you don't, you're in the spot Dallas, Dallas is with Dak Prescott. And that's why the Eagles gave that contract. And, you know, before this year, I think most people would say that was a bargain. Well, well, here's the problem I have with that because I'm with you as far as talent. And, and, and see, one of the problems I have with this, which is really frustrating to me, is, is that Everybody is on board with Nick Foles, and I don't have a problem with them being on, on board with them being with Nick Foles. But nobody tends to remember the fact that Carson Wentz put Nick Foles in the position to get us the Super Bowl. He just he was like almost like a Mariano Rivera. He got us through the stretch, and then when he had an opportunity to take the job from Wentz, he floundered. And Nick Foles is. Well, Greg, I don't think he ever had the. I don't think Nick Foles ever had the opportunity to take the job from Wentz. That was never a possibility. No, but but see, but see, that's what I'm getting at. He, no, well, I, I take that back because again, when you listen to the people defending Nick Foles and praising Nick Foles over Wentz, they fail to realize that if it wasn't for Wentz putting Nick Foles in the position to go ahead and take us to the finish line, he wouldn't have done that. And that's where my problem comes in with 
And, and this is not to, to knock against Nick Foles because, again, even I look at that and say, well, God, God, he, he works good with what we have, but it's only when it's in a relief, you know, in a relief situation. Yeah. It's not in the starter's position. And that's what frustrates me because, again, ain't nobody in the league is going to pay a quarterback $20 million to sit on the sidelines and wait for the starter to get hurt. No, I hear you, Greg, and I appreciate the call. I mean, the Nick Foles thing. Nick Foles, I, I, don't, I don't think he's really relevant to this conversation right now. The Nick Foles thing is done. I, and we, like, but this is why when we point to Carson Wentz's career, we got to stop pointing to 27, 2017 in football years. Three years in football years is a long time ago. I mean, that's like ancient history in a way. Yeah, I, I, I think it's much more relevant what we've seen the last two and a half seasons, which is average play. Blake Bortles was in the AFC Championship in 2017. It's a great point, Kyle. Um, man, the Eagles were so... And, and, looking back, isn't it so much better that the Patriots won that game? That the Eagles played the Patriots. Oh, 1,000%. Eagles-Jaguars oh, yeah, just would have been so weird. Oh, so Yeah, boring. It, it would have been odd. I would have felt um, bad, like, beating them, you know? I remember watching. The, I wouldn't have felt bad. <laughs> I'm kidding. That was a good Jaguar team. It actually. was a pretty good Jags team, yeah. But, uh, like, you know, it doesn't have the same luster as whipping on Tom Brady. Poor Blake Bortles, man. Yeah, poor guy. He's out of the league now. He's been <laughs> yeah. bouncing around. I think he's on the Broncos practice squad now. Yeah, I'll have to check on that. He was on the team, but then Locke came back and he got demoted. But, yeah, I remember watching the end of that game on the concourse because, you know, I, I was at the NFC Championship game. We were watching to see uh, what happened. Um, but, yeah, that man, that is crazy to think. That would have been so weird, an Eagles-Jaguar Super Bowl. Jaguars being in the Super Bowl just would have, would have been so odd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've never been. Um, no, that would have definitely been a weird one. Well, stay tuned because the Jags might be involved in my lock of the week. So really, yeah, they oh, might be. Oh, jeez, <laughs> one way or another. Uh, so we'll get to that around four two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Uh, where do the offensive blunders lie? Is it Carson? Is it Doug? You know. Um, I give Carson a C plus. I'll kind of grade out the rest of the offensive coaching staff when we get back. But uh, you know, between Carson and Doug, you know, what culpability does Doug Peterson take for Carson Wentz's struggles? Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. I'm Tom Kelly uh, with Still Six Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Sports Radio ninety four WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you till six. Just looking up at the TV here. They have one of these uh, late night. Crap shows on what, uh, you know, uh, you know these network television. They'll show these things at like three thirty in the morning, like infomercial type things. Oh yeah, and they're doing a Save by the Bell, like new show. Oh geez, like a uh, like a spinoff, oh, a spinoff. Oh god! But I think it's with some of the um, major characters, like thirty years later or something. Were you a Saved by the Bell guy? Kyle, that was probably before your I'm time. Too, yeah, I'm too young. Yeah. I caught, like, the tail end of Saved by the Bell. It's, I don't think they need to do this spinoff. I, I just... Well, so, well, what's... The, I don't understand what the appeal is. Like, it's a kid's show, like, with kids as the characters, and then, like, then they're just, like, ugly adults. Like, who wants to... You know, like, what are they going to be doing? They can't go back to school. Well, I think the show is going to be more centered around, like, the younger generation. But they'll be around, like, the outskirts of it, like... I think, like, um, 
Mario Lopez's character, Slater, is going to be like a gym teacher or something. Oh, jeez. So, but I think it's going to be like about the kids who go to the school. Like they did a similar thing with with Boy Meets World, where they did a Boy Meets World yeah, spinoff. Okay. Were you a Boy Meets World guy? I do know a little bit of Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World was great. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. I was pretty young for it, but I do like. I do remember watching. That. I don't know about the spinoff. I, I imagine it wasn't good because spinoffs Probably normally terrible. aren't. Spinoffs are always terrible. But Boy Meets World was 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 great. Boy Meets World was was the truth, um, as they say. Uh, that was probably. That was one of my favorite shows. When I was a kid, Boy Meets World was um, probably my favorite show uh, as far as the kid shows go. But yeah, Saved by the Bell remake, I don't think, I, I don't really think we need that. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Um, 215-592-9494. But talking about the Eagles, and obviously when you talk about the Eagles and the offense, it comes back to Carson Wentz, and it comes back to the coaching staff. And um, I want to let you hear, and at 5 o'clock, we'll let you hear the Dan Orlovsky interview with John and Ike, uh, because I thought um, it was pretty interesting, some of the things he had to say. Dan Orlovsky, pretty big ESPN star now, but uh, he had a couple quotes that I found particularly interesting. Um, you know, we talked about the coaching staff tonight and Carson's decision-making and all of the people that he's dealing with on that side of the ball. Dan Orlovsky weighed in on that. Here's Orlovsky on all the voices in Carson's head right now. Now, I take that a couple different ways. I mean, I think as a fifth-year quarterback, you shouldn't be overwhelmed by the information you're getting. So, in that regard, I, I, I think Carson should be able to deal with that. But I do believe it's important to get one consistent message. And... I, I I just find it shocking if the Eagles weren't just drilling into him constantly. Get the ball out. Don't turn it over. Like, And maybe that seems like a conservative way to coach, but right now, before you evolve the offense, you just got to get back to playing, doing the, the normal stuff well. Yeah, you can't be sure that they that they're telling him those kind of things, like take the high percentage throws, because when he comes out in his press conferences after, he's like, no, I'm going to pull the trigger. It's like I like I get that and I understand that and I like that. That's a I like that trait in him. But right. Sometimes you know, like somebody needs to get in his ear and say, "Dude, like you're playing the Dallas Cowboys defense. Take the high percentage throw. You will win this game. That's all that matters." Exactly. Kyle, Kyle do you worry that they're not giving him that kind of? I I do. Yeah, because I mean, there's you know, there's Wentz doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's like super stubborn. You know what I mean? Like he and he's a competitor. He wants to win football games. He wants to get better. So. There's just the fact that he goes out there and he says, like, no, I'm, I'm going to pull the trigger on that. Like, I'm going to be aggressive. Like, yeah, I get that. But it seems to me like Doug or somebody should be like, dude, like, just sometimes scale it back just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they have to. If they haven't, the, the coaching staff needs to do a real. I hope they did a real self-assessment this week, too, because um, they bear responsibility on this as well. And, you know, whenever you talk about Carson and his success, a lot of it does go back to Frank Reich. Here's Orlovsky uh, talking about Reich's impact and what he's doing right now in Indianapolis. And that, I mean, look at, first of all, look at what Nick Bowles has said, yep. right, about his, his situation that's going on in Chicago and how much Frank meant to him, how much he did for him. And then just watch the Colts play. I mean, watch Philip, everyone. It's funny, Ike, because everyone this week on NFL Live our producer's like, man, we got to talk about Philip Rivers. He had the best game of the season. And I just looked at him. I said, he made two throws. 
He threw a go route out of empty to a tailback, and then he threw an in route. Everything else was just schemed up easy throws. One-on-one matchup, shallow cross, and defenders are running into each other. Busted coverage and another shallow cross. He gets a back that's in man coverage. It gives them a little bit of an in-and-out route, and they're just easy throws. Guys are getting open, and I'm going, man, like this is what it did look like, you know, when when he was a runaway MVP. This, a lot of stuff was like, okay, we're, this is what it looks like to make a quarterback play fast and give him those quote-unquote easier throws. Now, I mean, that's something. I, I, I don't I, – sometimes I do think maybe we, we don't give Doug quite enough credit. Like, Frank Reich was obviously important, but – I think that was kind of a group effort there. Like, I, I I get that Indy had a good game last week against Detroit. It's not like their offense is setting the world on fire this year. I mean, Frank Reich is a good coach, but it's not like Indy is having an incredible year offensively right now. You know, and I so I think Frank Reich is great, but the whole like just giving him full credit for for Carson Wentz's success, I wouldn't just attribute it to Frank Reich. I think it's the dynamic of having multiple voices coming up with a game plan that even probably disagree with each other throughout the week that ultimately compromise and come up with something that's, you know, a beautiful product on the football field like we saw in 2017. It doesn't necessarily have to be a Frank Reich, but just somebody like one, give me one person, not like 20, just one person who's going to challenge Doug during the week and say, no, that's not going to work. Totally agree. Totally agree. And, you know, I kind of, I kind of thought Marty would be that guy. He's been around for a long time, um, you know, but I think there was something about the Doug Reich DiFilippo combination that worked. So hopefully the Eagles can find that um, moving forward here. What did you think about my my uh, prediction, Kyle, about Andrew Luck returning to the Colts next year? Um, I think it's happened. I think, well, I always kind of had an inkling that when he retired that it could happen in a few years. Now, I kind of, like, shelved that and forgot about it. But, like, you know, I, but it does make sense. I mean, why why wouldn't he? If he, you know, he sees Frank Reich and they're kind of, they're a young, they're a good young team. So, yeah, I don't see why not. And personally, I'm all for it. I would love it. I would yeah. love to see oh, Andrew Luck on I, I miss watching Andrew Me Luck. too. He's, he's a, a fun guy to yeah. watch. And he's a fun guy to listen to, too. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. He's the most hilarious voice They need voice to bring back that old Twitter account where it's like General Andrew Luck yeah. or something like Commander. I don't yeah. know. It's great. But it tweets like an 18th century or like a 19th century Commander. Because I'll tell you what. I mean, if I was the Colts, I would put the full court press on this offseason. Because they, yeah. I really do believe they're quarterback away. Oh, yeah. If I'm Reich, I'm, pro- I'm probably calling him this season. That, that's would, yeah. that's the game of the day. At that point? That, that's the game of the day Sunday, too. Oh, for in, sure. Indy and Baltimore. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I know we'll get to the picks, but I don't know about Baltimore, man. Yeah, I mean, they. I, I had them uh, beating Pittsburgh last week. They let me down. Um, I, had, I had Pittsburgh. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're hot. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Dave in Augusta. What's up, Dave? Hey, guys. How are you? Yeah, Good. I'm getting ready for the uh, When's the Wet Masters next weekend? Is that right? No, it's this week. I uh, I ran a uh, large security company for many years, and my wife is career military. I just retired, and there's a firm doing the work down here that called us in. Okay. And it really only took me an hour on the site, and we're coming back probably Monday. But uh, it's so eerie down there to be able to, walk the 
the sides because there's no fans, and you can literally hear a person hit a shot three and four holes over. Wait, so Dave, so you'll be there during the actual tournament? No. no oh, okay. Okay. I came down Friday. Okay. And we set up the security. Okay. I did the logistics side, and my wife did the other side. Gotcha. And uh, I was uh, an attachment to a military unit out of another agency for many, many years. But, uh, oh, by the way, on the golf front, before I get to my two points, keep your eyes and ears out for Lucy Lee. Okay. She's 18 years of age, and at the age of 11, played in the Women's U.S. Open. Okay. She finished eighth on the money list, only playing nine tournaments on the Women's Symmetra Tour, which is like the minor league tour for the Corn Ferry Tour for the big tour. Okay, gotcha. She is unbelievable. Nice. How, how beautiful. Anyway, how beautiful. coming back Monday, you know what? I, 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 I played golf my whole life. In fact, that's my point. I was a golfer at Penn State, and we in the swimming team and the wrestling team and the women's basketball team and the fencing team hated the football team because we had to beg for every dollar because they got everything. Dave, you've and, never you never got the you never got to play Augusta, right? Oh yes, I have played. Oh, twice. You, really? How how beautiful is that course? I just imagine. Well, it's let me explain something to you, Tom. And by by the way, you have been spot on tonight. Let, let me explain nice. something to you. You can look at it on TV. It doesn't do it justice. It is unbelievable. What they do to raise the blossoms on the azaleas is they go out with portable hair dryers really? and heat them up to, to make the flowers bloom. Now, I don't know what they'll do. I, I, I wasn't paying attention to the azalea bushes. I had a job to do. And I had a chance to speak to a couple of the players that are much older who I played against in college and who whooped my bottom, but that's not important. Right. Um, But, yeah, I have played it twice. That's awesome. Um, And I'll tell you a very funny story about the first time I played. I had played a very good first eight holes, and I got to the ninth hole, and I hit a very good drive down the right side. And I had 140 yards in. And I had a very, very senior caddy who said one thing to me. He said, Mr. D, whatever you do, don't get that ball above that hole. Yes, sir. Well, guess what? It took one skip six feet short of the hole and went above the hole. Oh, no. My caddy put the bag down and put another club on it and walked away. I hit my putt. It rolled off the green. 80 yards down the fairway. Oh, my God. I, I, Dave, I can't imagine how hard those courses must be. Like, just watching um, the U.S. Open at, at Wingfoot, I'm like, oh, my, I can't even imagine playing these No, I've not played Wingfoot, but i played right. a lot of golf at Marion. Okay. And I've had some good rounds at Marion, and I won the Pennsylvania Invitational wow. back in 1997 at Aronimic. Wow. Once, once, Tom, I get the putter go. We can all go home, but I'm not a good putter uh, by any standards. I'm, I'm below average, but tee to green. I grew up with an aunt that was on the Women's Curtis Cup. I had an uncle that played a lot of major events as an amateur. I had another uncle who was club champion at Huntington Valley. Um, so I've been around the game my whole life. There you go. And I love the game. 
I don't play much anymore. I've got a very bad left knee from being stupid, but uh, it just goes with being Irish. But uh, let me make my two points, if I might. Sure. You have been absolutely spot on about Carson Wentz. I think Carson might be injured. I think he's very, very concerned about the young man they drafted because while I'm not a Howie Roseman fan by any sense of the imagination, except for this young free agent receiver that he picked up, wow, he's very concerned about the kid behind him. He was a star at Oklahoma. He walked away from Oklahoma and finished his career, or Alabama, and then finished his career at Oklahoma. This young man can play, and if you're going to make the offense simple, this young man, if, if Wentz gets hurt, I'm telling you what, this young man can play. He can, Dave, and and I thought that, that that at the time that that could mess with Carson Wentz. I will say though, you know, Carson Wentz's job is not to worry about that, and he's oh, got. I agree with you. Yeah, but you know what, I I, I I'm going to disagree with you. I, I was educated in Cambridge at the real school MIT, not not the great think tank Harvard. I do not think Andrew Luck will come back to play football. Okay, I think he's too smart. I think he had three or four injuries that were darn near debilitating, Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, but if guys like you and uh, Jody Mack continue to focus with just pure excellence the way you are, I'll tell you what, you're doing a great job. It is now, I'm headed over there in about a half hour to do a little more technical work. Okay. And I'm headed from there over to uh, Fort Gordon and from Fort Gordon over to Savannah and get on a C-130 and come home. You guys have a Sounds great good. night. All right. Thanks, uh, Dave. Appreciate it. Dave's an interesting guy. First time I ever heard from him. Yeah, man. He's got a, he's got a, quite the, the colored history there with golf and all that. Yeah. Man, but, I can't even imagine. Are you a golfer, Kyle? Uh, you know what? I haven't golfed in a, in a long time, but I would like to I would like to get out. You know, I don't have anything against golf. I just don't do it. Yeah, it's, it's a very frustrating game. I've actually played a lot this summer, but it's one of those things like, you know, you, you'll think you're getting better and then you'll go out and you'll yeah. just play horribly. And it's like, you totally forget. I finally felt like toward the end of the year, I got a little better, but right. it's, it's just such a hard game it's, to be consistent. At. It's something that, yeah, you know, I would want to do eventually, but like you said, it kind of takes practice and time. You have to kind of set aside time routinely to do it. I think. Right. It's fun when you're playing well, but when you're not, it can be fr- like I don't know. I'm, I, I, I get frustrated sometimes with with stuff like when I want to be good at something and I can't be. So <laughs> yeah. I, that that it can be frustrating. See, I, now I guess if I go, it'd be like you know me with my father or something where right. we're just kind of joking around and like you know ragging on each other for being terrible. So like that that could be fun. Well, this part of it, like when I go with my brother. He knows I get frustrated, and he'll like, yeah, he'll needle me, prod that, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, I I deal with that. That's too. funny. Yeah. So it was actually funny what that guy mentioned about Andrew, or interesting at least what he mentioned about Andrew Locke and his injuries. If you remember that, he had like a lacerated kidney, like his bones yeah. were like going through his organs, and the offensive line was horrendous. I remember the day he got that injury because. I was down I was down in Dallas for a bachelor party with my friends. We were going to the Eagles Cowboys game that night. And I remember walking up to the stadium and like checking Twitter and seeing Andrew Luck just left the game with a lacerated kidney. Yeah. 
that I mean, and, he got killed out there. Yeah. Now, granted, now the offensive line situation looks much, much better than it did when he left. Yeah. So that might have some, you know. Who knows. That was the game where Jordan Matthews caught the uh, the game winner in overtime. Oh, against yeah. Dallas. Yeah. Great one. Yeah. Nice. That's that, cool. Vaguely remember the end of that one. It was a, <laughs> well, it was a, a long. A it was, dude, it was a long yeah. weekend. Bachelor party in Dallas for yeah. an Eagles Cowboys game. I bet. Yeah, I went to long Dallas uh, when I was nine. It's at the old Texas Stadium, not uh-huh. the new one. But we went to the game, uh, the McNabb fourteen second scramble. Ooh, yeah, that was an awesome game. Yeah, that was a good one. So, uh, yeah, some Eagles Cowboys memories. There, road games are so fun. Except last year when Kyle and I went to the Miami game. <laughs> yeah. I am still bummed. Me and my friends this year, we had the perfect one picked out. Arizona, oh, December Arizona. 20th. Not anymore. I was thinking um, San Francisco. Yeah. And you know what? I Next time we ever go to L.A. to play the Rams, I want to check that new stadium out. Well, my friends and I were, were preliminary per, preliminarily planning Vegas next fall if – you know, hopefully COVID is not as big an issue by then. Yeah, you thought that Dallas weekend was a long weekend. Right, but I don't know if that's going to I mean, I'm also going to have a six- to nine-month-old child at the time. Yeah, so. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. run down to Vegas right away. I'm already trying to finesse that situation, not not with great— It's a great start. Not with great success so far. <laughs> great start to fatherhood, Tom. <laughs> 215-592-9494. Uh, Jaleel, see you there. Jaleel will be right after the break. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. With you till 6. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. Next segment, we'll go through to our Week 9 preview. Good card on Sunday, actually. Some interesting games. Um, So we'll do that next. Uh, I'm wondering if anybody watched Saturday Night Live. I usually am not interested at all in Saturday Night Live. Um, I used to watch it when I was getting ready for this shift, but kind of stopped. Um, I don't know. And when I get home in the morning, though, I actually consider checking this one out. I I mean, Dave Chappelle's hilarious. He's a genius. Uh, yeah. I mean, Dave, the Chappelle show, the Chappelle show season two might be the best season of television <laughs> I've ever seen of any show ever. Yeah. Like, it's Sick. just pure genius. Um, and, you know, I, I know it's been a stressful time recently uh, for everybody, depending on what you think and believe and all that stuff but i don't know I, i'm interested to see how they handled everything this week on saturday night live so i might have to check that out so we'll see uh 215-592-9494 if you want to get in talking about the eagles talking about carson wentz um and of course what else would we talk about in this city then carson wentz uh as we head to the second half and whether he can kind of you know turn a corner here because the eagles need him to if they're gonna if they're going to end up realizing um, their, you know, potential this second half of the season. Uh, let's go to Jaleel in Delaware. What's up, Jaleel? Jaleel. Hello? Uh, yo, Jaleel, you there? Hey, hi, hi, how you doing? What's up, man? Doing good. Um, Yeah, I just want to talk about Wentz. You know, um, I, I don't want to be the guy to hate on him. I, I have love for him, and I want to see him do great. Um, I think Doug has a little bit of love for him, and that's why he just won't bench him because of, you know, how his season's always ended. And I think it will suck again to get kind of this deep in the season and bench him again. But if um, 
I think if Wentz is to really do better and want to stay the starter on this team, I think Wentz needs to go back to the fundamentals. Um, one thing I don't like when I see Wentz is I don't like his pocket presence. Um, when you don't have good pocket presence, you don't have good footwork. When you don't have good footwork, you don't throw the ball well. And that can lead to a lot of his inaccurate throws. If he can fix that, he can get his accuracy better. Um, I think I think the Eagles also need to work on extending the time of possession. Um, the Eagles tend to win games off big plays, and I think there's nothing wrong with methodically moving the ball. There's nothing wrong with getting five yards here, ten yards there. Um, by doing that, you help the defense and you help establish his confidence. You know, get him, get him some five yards, get some ten yards. You know, establish that time of possession. The Eagles have terrible, terrible time of possession, and that doesn't make the defense look any better. Um, and I think Wentz needs to learn to throw that ball when somebody's open. I think he's always looking for that big play, and he tends to hold it too long. If you look at the film, you, you got to watch. Like when you see these receivers, they're open, and he and he like. He chokes on him like he's scared to throw it. He got to believe in his teammates. He got to get that ball out faster. And if he wants to extend the play like a Russell Wilson does, he got to learn from that. He can't keep back. You know, he can't keep backpedaling. If you're gonna extend that play, if you're gonna fan out, you need to get ready to scramble so you make defenders come up, and that can make receivers get open. Yeah, I just think he just needs to work on his fundamentals. And if he does that, I think he can be a much better quarterback. Yeah, so, I, I think yeah, Jaleel, and I'll let you finish. But yeah, I think. You mentioned the footwork. The footwork's been bad this year. I mean, just not setting his feet, not hit. You know, when you hit that drop, you should be looking to get the ball out. And it looks like he's he he is hesitating too long. And like you said, when receivers are open, guys in the NFL they're not going to be running wide open. You got to anticipate. You got to throw to areas. And um, I think sometimes Carson waits for a guy to be wide open, and most of the time that's just not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And not not with the receivers you have, man. At the same time, outside of Fogum, you know, you have pretty much rookie receivers, so you've got to help them out. You've got to put the ball where they can get it. You can't expect these guys, you know, what happened with Hightower. He's not Julio Jones. He's not going to go up and moss somebody. you got to put it where he can get it. And he, he just has to be an overall better – Just, just you got to get his fundamentals right. If he can do that, he can be a better receiver. If not, I mean, he can be a better quarterback. If not – if he gets benched, I'm terrified of what happens if Hurts gets on the field. Because I, I genuinely think if Hurts gets on the field, he might lose his job, and that would be heartbreaking. So he, he got to do better. He has to. Yeah, no, I got you, Jaleel, and I appreciate it, man. Thanks. I, and, and it's what everybody's thinking. Uh, you know, you, you'd be crazy whether you're a Carson Wentz fan or not. I don't believe anybody who says they're not intrigued by Jason Jalen Hurts. Like, and not interested to see how he'd play. I knew, uh, like, when the Eagles drafted him, I didn't like it. Um, I figured he'd be a developmental guy, and he is a developmental guy, but he's getting to the point now where he's been in the league for half a season. Um, he's probably gotten, you know, the amount of reps necessary to go into a game. Like, I'm confident that if something happened to Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts went into a game he'd be able to handle himself. You can, even the few plays he's on the field, maybe I'm looking too deep into this, but I feel like he's comfortable out there. Like, he seems when he is out there, he seems like a guy who belongs, if that makes any sense. Yeah, well, he definitely has, like, the kind of poise. I don't know if I'm as comfortable as you are, just because, I mean, listen, it's, it's one thing to go out there on, 
designed run plays or plays where, you know, it's designed for him to just have to go through one read and just hit the guy, and if he's not there, just take off with your legs. But there's a big difference between that and having to go through your four reads while everybody's rushing at you, like, consistently. You know, I just don't think the sample size is there. I'm not sure if he – I mean, listen, no camp might have something to do with it, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm just not sure if I'd be ready to throw him out there just yet. Oh, no, yeah, no, definitely. I agree. Like, I, I, I wouldn't bench Wentz. No. In terms of injury, I, I right. you know, it, that then we'd see him, obviously. Yeah. But, um, like, uh, and a part of it definitely does have to do my intrigue with his success in college. I mean. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, like, it. I think a lot of the intrigue comes from just the fact that he's there, right? Like, with Wentz playing as terribly as he was, if we didn't have, you know, if it was Nate Sudfeld on the bench, no one would be, like, put Nate Sudfeld. In. Exactly. Or, like, you wouldn't be eyeing up other quarterbacks around the league. Like, could we potentially get this guy? But the Eagles created this whole issue. Definitely. They, you know, as bad as Wentz has played, if Sudfeld's the backup, nobody's asking Doug about benching Carson Wentz. Um, and, you know, obviously, being a winning quarterback in college and Jalen Hurts won a lot doesn't really mean a ton I mean we look at Tim Tebow the guy was the winningest quarterback in college football history Sam I think. Bradford you could right. go on for days um but there is something about Hurts that is intriguing he's done it at two spots and you know you do see a lot of those style players like a Kyler Murray like a Russell Russell Wilson to a different degree, but Kyler Murray I think is the best comp for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts could he be a, you know, not certainly not as talented as Kyler Murray, um, but could he be not even a poor man's, but better than a poor man's Kyler Murray? Who knows? As someday, it's an interesting way to uh, <laughs> yeah. Like I don't think he's. I wouldn't put him at Kyler Murray's level, but I also no. say he could be better than a poor. Well, I think I know what you mean. Like I guess, like in the physical sense, right? With Kyler Murray, shorter guy, right, right, right. So it'll be interesting, and maybe someday we'll see it. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. When we get back, we will go through the Week Nine NFL preview. Always fun segment. So we'll do that next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio ninety four WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 